Hello, it's Gregor from A19 Consulting, and this podcast is for Ivanti Service Manager Implementation Milestones. Now, these can be applied as well to changes, upgrades, rollouts, and any kind of configuration changes. Um, I'm going to cover it on a high level for an implementation, and it all starts with a scope of work. Now, the scope of work is a high-level set of the parameters of what's included, what's not included, um, and then from there you get into the detailed scope of work and what the assumptions are and what's, again, not included, uh, where the limitations are, and also who the subject matter experts are. Because when you move on to the next step, that's the requirements gathering. So when we know what that roadmap looks like and that, you know, that, that plan looks like, and it may be phased in as well, so there may be multiple phases, we want to gather the requirements with the subject matter experts um, to determine, okay, what are the requirements? And when we're talking requirements, we're always talking about business requirements versus technical requirements. I stress that, I can't stress it often enough because Ivanti implementations can move off the rails very, very quickly when we start looking at solutioning versus requirements, right? There's a tendency to, to say we need this button and that button and we need this business rule to do ABC and you're solutioning us in techies, uh, especially, and since this is a technical system, we're going to be dealing with a lot of technical, technical experts. They have a, a tendency of solutioning things, but here we want to focus on the business requirements using business language. And we want to align that to standard operating procedures. What does a day in the life of a service desk analyst look like? What does second level support look like? What does management steps look like, right? So that's how you want to be thinking. What are the business requirements? And then from there, you can build that proof of concept, right? And you may have multiple phases, by the way, right? Your scope of work might be broken down into phases or your implementation might be broken down into phases or, or both. Right. So you might tackle incidents and self-service uh, in phase one and service requests and in phase two and change requests in phase three. You definitely want to break it down into manageable portions and milestones. Um, otherwise, you have too many chefs in the kitchen juggling too many orders and then a fire happens. Right. That's just the reality of it. You want to knock it off one by one. And why did I mention a proof of concept? Well, it really depends, right? If it's a slam dunk, you might not need a proof of concept. You might not need a functional prototype. But if it's something very radical or a very new way of doing things, um, or it might be rolled out to non-technical sub subject matter experts uh, or customers, right? Let's say procurement, for example then you will need a functional prototype 
to validate the business requirements to make sure that you're getting it right and the customer understands what they're asking. And this functional prototype will be semi-functional at first or non-functional at all. It's just a, a tool or, or an aid to validate the business requirements. Again, you want to be careful that you're not solutioning and focusing on technical solutions. Obviously, you're solutioning as a consultant, but you want to make sure that the subject matter experts aren't solutioning, but they're really telling you what the standard operating procedures are now. What do I do today? What's expected of me? And you know, what do I need to be doing on a daily basis? What dashboards do I need? What searches do I need? What status values do I need? Um, the solutioning should really be you know, up to the consultant. There's going to be an overlap and that's normal, right? And you're building a functional prototype and then you sign that off and then you can build, um, you know, the, the actual system. And then you're doing system testing. That's for you as the consultant and, or developer or administrator to go through and test the system in the stage environment to make sure that everything works as per the business requirements. You put a code freeze in place. That's the next step to make sure, okay, we're not taking any more requirement changes. This is it. This is the cutoff, right? And there's always going to be another phase or enhancements and so on. And we can always revisit the scope of work and, and the implementation milestones, but it's important to have a code freeze. Otherwise, it's like the never-ending story. And suddenly, you end up having a lot of nice-to-haves when you should be focusing on the must Paths, right and you get scope creep right that that happens right but you want to you want to limit that and you want to manage expectations and then from there you create the uat environment so user acceptance testing um, and that is a validation of the business requirements of what the customer is expecting right to what you know what's actually been built and you're looking to identify gaps. Now, in a perfect world, you just sign that off and continue. But typically, what happens at this stage, um, there's going to be some gaps. Whether those gaps are actual gaps, like, oops, we missed a requirement, or, or B, you know, maybe there's a bug, right? Or a gremlin, right? Or C, maybe something is not quite working the way we thought it would. Or D, maybe. It's a training issue, right? Maybe it's just a little bit of a confusion of where I need to go in the software and the system to actually accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish, right? So UAT is a major aspect, and I, I have several videos on it and blog posts. I'm going to have some episodes on UAT as well. But you need some really solid UAT test scripts that lay, lay out what are the daily job functions of a service desk analyst, you know, fill in the blank for what role that you want and what's expected. What are the steps that need to be taken in terms of the business language? How do you do it in the system? So what are the execution steps? What are some sample parameters? So some sample data. So if I'm creating an, a, a purchase order, what are some typical purchase orders look like, right? So you have some samples of that, some data. And what's the expected outcome, right? Like I can, okay, I can approve something. I can, 
I can order something and so on and so forth. Um, so and that's being tested. Now, when the testing is complete, or and hopefully along the way as well, you there's going to be some remediation as well, right? This is going to be a, a sort of a the the rubber hits the road kind of scenario where oh you know some things are not working the way th we thought and maybe there's some bugs that need to be fixed and there's some remediation, and then from there it goes to sign off, right? When you can pass all the UAT test scripts and everybody has a warm and fuzzy feeling, then you can sign off, then you can do go live prep and go live when this is your rollout, right? And then you also have some post go live remediation because, you know, when the rubber hits the pavement on the test track, you know, or when you're out and about and you're just kind of cruising along on, on the highway occasionally, it's going to be a lot different than when you actually have everybody in your family using that car and using it daily. So in relate, what I mean by that is when you actually go live with the, with the system, there's going to be some real life scenarios that you may or may not have covered in your business requirements. And, and maybe not, they're not even documented in your standard operating procedures, right? Or there's going to be some, some minor tweaking that needs to take place. So this is post go live remediation. Plus you also want to budget and, and schedule and, and, and set a milestones for version 1.1. And what I mean by that is, okay, you've, you've got your requirements and they are to a T, you know, everything is perfect. It's exactly how it was spec'd out. It's exactly how it was tested. But then as you're live 30 days later, you say, you know what, there are some enhancements that we need. There are some changes that we need. Maybe there are some automation. Maybe there are some, some, some ways to consult and add some more value and make it easier for the end user to, to satisfy their day-to-day -day job functions. Right, and then there's gonna be a version two down the road and so on. So on a high level, those are the implementation milestones. They're all equally important. Um, the most important part is distinguishing business requirements from solutioning and validating with user acceptance testing. And I'm going to be creating quite a few podcasts on that. If you want to find out more, there's a link in my podcast. You can also just Google Ivanti Service Manager Consultant. You should be able to find my blog, which, by the way, is called Ivanti Service Manager Consultant. And that's at wordpress.com. And that's it for today.